0: Wake up, my dear sinners, wake up from your deep rest. Won't you say your prayers and know that you are blessed? I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best, and I hope that you choose your own Religion. Hello, my sweet, sweet sinners. Welcome to Choose Your Own Religion, where the choice every week is Christ. Welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. Every week a guest comes on, we talk about our spiritual background, and then we make up our own religion. This week on the show, I'm so excited to have Scott Lures on. I, I was excited from day one to have him on. Scott, I have always really really admired for his honesty. There's that phrase that we know, refreshingly honest, because most of us are too busy telling lies and half-lies all the time, or making up little images and cultivating a a certain brand that we can go with, like a religious podcast brand. Uh, Scott is is refreshingly honest in that it feels like a a sweet drink of water from that, that river of truth that we all crave. And I've known Scott to be like that ever since I met him doing stand-up back at the Liquid Zoo several years ago. And these days, Scott's, uh, I don't know, just busy running some of the best alternative comedy shows in the in the LA alternative comedy scene, uh, such as Belly Room East and Vino Veritas, a storytelling show, and uh, the Chatterbox Comedy Night over there in, in Covina, which it's worth the drive. It is so worth the drive. Him and my old roommate Steve Hernandez put on a great show, fantastic fucking comedy show, every week. They also run a great podcast, Respect the Danger of Knives, which I highly recommend you checking out. So, back in the day of Liquid Zoo and Jake's open mic in Pasadena, we connected based on having a shared, intensely Christian background. I, having a Presbyterian minister father, Scott, coming from a Pentecostal background, I just didn't know exactly... How intensely Pentecostal Scott was. And we talk about it. We talk about the rapture. We talk about speaking in tongues. We figure out if hell is real or not. We lay it all out. We also talk about a pretty dark period of my life. If you're into those kind of juicy deets. Another thing we talk about in this episode is. Is when I stopped doing stand-up for a little bit. For a lot of bit. Now there was a practical reason that I. I really needed a better day job, and so I spent some time working on that. But there's some other stuff going on. Another reason, and maybe a bigger one, that it took me a while to sort of figure out was oh, what's that sound? Uh oh. Joe's getting sentimental. sentimental. Guys, let me get sentimental here for a minute or two. It's hard being a, a young, up and coming comedian in Los Angeles. Your confidence gets worn down over time. And if you don't have other stuff going on, if you make it your life, it can start to really hurt. Especially when you're trying to speak from the heart to speak out of love. And it doesn't really get receptive because love don't always get laughs. You start to lose trust in the idea of love in itself. Not just romantic love, but humans being able to love other humans. I'm going to read a passage from Anne Lamott who, she has this great book, Bird by Bird. It's about writing novels, but it it speaks all creativity. But if you really work at describing creatively the truth as you understand it, as you've experienced it with the people or material who are in you, who knows? Maybe what you've written will help others, will be a small part of the solution. You don't even have to know how or in what way but if you are writing the clearest, truest words you can find and doing the best you can to understand and communicate, this will shine like its own little lighthouse. Lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining. It's an old preacher trick to just uh, quote more eloquent shit than you can think of. And look, I know some of my stand-up friends out there are saying, hey, why are you talking about being a lighthouse when your best bit was a three-minute dick joke? Look, a lighthouse can't choose what kind of lighthouse he is. Whatever kind of phallic symbol you are, you got to be a phallic symbol unto the world. Don't hide it under a bushel. I'm not hiding this episode under a bushel. If you like this show, follow Scott on Twitter, like the page on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, and please, please join me in saying the mantra of Choose Your Own Religion, the truth that we all know deep in our hearts, because Jaw is glorious, Jaw rule. I was trying to—I was like going through the shows that you produce now. Yeah, you got Billy Room East. Yep, Billy Roomiest. <laughs> one of my favorite titles of <laughs> any. Uh... I think it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so yeah, it's so great.
1: But I like the comedy store. Like, I'm not like making fun of it. It's more making fun of the alternative comedy scene. I think like
0: Yeah, that's always yeah. that's always been I feel like one aspect of you. Mm-hmm. You're always, making fun of the comedy shots. yeah, <laughs> the alternative scene specifically.
1: Yeah, well, I don't hang out in clubs much. uh Well, I do a little bit, but hardly at all. Yeah. So I just don't know. I'm sure there's plenty to make fun of there too. Oh, I'm sure. But you know, I just started in an alternative comedy, and there's it's just I don't know. It's like anything. It's like a joke. You know? Oh yeah.
0: It's weird, I, I didn't think about it too, I guess I, I mean, my first open mic was at a club in North Carolina, but like, yeah, I essentially started an alternative comedy yeah. too.
1: I mean, I've still barely done any club, like, I, I would, I've gotten more shows at clubs outside of Los Angeles than inside of Los Angeles, like, yeah. I hardly ever, like, I'll go hang out at like the Rose Battle though, or whatever, I like that show a lot. Yeah. And I'll hang out, like, at the improv sometimes, but like... Yeah, I've no no one knows me there at all. I mean some of the comics do, but like Sure, yeah. Yeah, there's no I I for better or worse, I'm like an alternative comic, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, do
1: you feel like stylistically you just don't I don't I feel like that's all bullshit. I feel like there's no alternative comics in the alternative comedy scene. Mm. Alternative comedy to me is like um I don't know. Uh Wait, who's that guy? Who's the man on the moon guy who died? Oh, uh, Andy (laughs) Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. like Andy Kaufman. There's like so few. I guess like maybe Ian Abramson is like an alternative comedian. But Mm. he he does clubs. So, But everyone is just doing regular comedy Yeah, to me. It doesn't seem any more special or different.
0: Yeah, I think nowadays it's too, especially. The lines are all blurred.
1: There's maybe like uh, people dress a certain way more, I guess, than like how they are on stage. Or maybe like... There is some like social justice stuff, maybe like that's more prevalent, I guess, in uh, people's acts and alternative comedy. Yeah, you I feel know.
0: like club comics do way more act outs than they do in alternative comedy.
1: Yeah, I'm so scared to do act outs. I can't. I can't. I still can't do them. I <laughs> I feel like a fool every time L- I try and start one. I just like I'm like I, can't, I, can't, I just imagine what I must look like doing it. Oh, me and too. I just stop. Yeah. Well, that's
0: that's L.A. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just L.A. or if New York's like that, Chicago. But like L.A. alternative scene is not an act out. Uh,
1: there are people. There who are do some. It. There are yeah. for sure.
0: No, I mean there are for sure people who well, do. Steve
1: Hernandez is a big act out. Uh, you're right. You're yeah, right. and he's about as all as it gets. Yeah. But but uh, I, I I like when people do. Oh. Well, I mean, it depends. Sometimes it's hilarious. You gotta commit to it. Yeah, when people (laughs) commit to it and are, like, great at it, I think it's so much more interesting than what I do, which is I stand in one spot and don't move pretty much. yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So uh, so you got Billy Mm -hmm. Ramese's. Yeah. You got Vina you know, Veritas storytelling yeah,
1: show. Yeah, that's kind of uh, new. That's like a four month old storytelling show I do with Tess Barker and Eagle Rock.
0: Yeah, but you've always kind of been a storytelling comic anyway. I well, yeah.
1: I'll like. be I mean, honest with you. I think storytelling is like pretty lame. Like, uh, <laughs> the like traditional, like. Uh, well, like this. I, so I've been. Since I've been doing that show, I've been getting booked more as a storyteller. Uh huh. Which is like fine or like whatever. Like on Moth and stuff.
0: Or well, I guess you don't get booked on Yeah, Moth, you don't get booked but, on the Moth, but,
1: yeah. but on random storytelling shows or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like. I don't know, man. It's kind of lame because, like, I, it's not like stand up shows to me where I like enjoy being at them. Like, when I, like, the stage time is great at these storytelling shows, but I just want to get off, I just want to leave as soon as I'm done. Because it's like, everyone's got to fucking learn a lesson in their story. Right. It's, always, it's like, the theme is too precious. There's it's always,
0: always this American lifey. Yeah,
1: it's too, yeah, it's like pretty hack. There's like, there's so much hack yeah. stuff in storytelling, but the crowds are great <laughs> and they're into yeah. it. But I only do it. Because I do that in stand-up. I just tell stories in my stand-up. So right, right, I'm. I... This show that I run on test, we pretty much only book comics. So, it's, like, not... It's a storytelling show, but it's all comedians. Right, um, right. And I just use it to, like, get stuff for my stand-up act,
0: you know? Yeah, I gotta say, like, yeah. I'm somebody who... I feel like I should be more <clears throat> into, like, the the traditional two sappy type stories. But my attention span just starts to wander after a while. Well, it just does. seems...
1: Yeah, it's. It just seems like people try too hard to make it sound like that, like you know? Yeah, like where it's like I probably wasn't that fucking poignant, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, can we curse? I wasn't sure what was going on. in <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, you're fine. Yeah, it's like I, I it's like uh, I go to the moth sometimes with uh, Buck Bald, you know Buck? Yeah, yeah. And like he is hilarious at those things because like someone if they mention nine, if someone mentions like nine eleven, he'll just start groaning like in the back, he's like oh come on, <laughs> like so I I think that's like that's hilarious, but I don't I, yeah I like. I, my favorite comics are, like, storytelling comics, like Jim Jefferies I like a lot. Yeah. And his whole act is, like, 20-minute chunks of stories, you know?
0: Yeah, it seems like a natural way to tell bits. I don't know.
1: Well, it's interesting. I like when people talk about themselves. Yeah. I don't, like, when comedians, like, when you can't tell who a comic is on stage, like, that bothers me after a while. Even if they're super funny, like, if I don't really know, if I don't really know anything about you, yeah. At by the end of your set, it's like, well, okay, those are some good jokes, but... Uh, it doesn't matter to me.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like, uh, I remember feeling this a long time ago. It's just, it's it's hard to be interested in, like, a, somebody's observations on life nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's like, the only way you can stand out is kind of just talking about your own life. And I feel like that's like, yeah. the territory we really have.
1: Because everything else has been talked about a million times. Yeah. 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 So, I, yeah. I, I, and also, it's like, I guess there's no danger of anyone stealing my jokes, because, like, they right. only make sense if I tell them. You know? Right. Which I kind of like, but yeah, I just like, I like knowing about, I think it's interesting. That's why I like podcasts a lot. It's like, yeah, you you understand who the person is.
0: Totally. There's like all this context. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I think, I think sometimes that's hard, like, cause I took a long break from stand up and then I was coming back and yeah. I'm like. When I was doing it more regularly, like everybody who would be at mics, they already knew they'd heard me done a bunch of material. They like knew the the whole context of me. But now I was like trying to do some bits, and like people don't know me as much anymore. So was, wait, like, what weird. do
1: you mean? Were you come? You weren't coming back with the same jokes though. Right? No, no, no. Yeah, you but had that, all new stuff. So, but my point is yeah. like, there's
0: new there's new blood seeing new comics. Oh yeah, who, they, yeah. Don't know they don't my know my anything whole about you. Yeah, whatever. I, I just I do appreciate having you too because like you mm-hmm. have known me a long time. Yeah. I feel like we met at Liquid Zoo, but you really, you saw, you've probably seen me bomb as much as anybody. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> at yeah, Jake's. at Jake's, yeah. yeah.
1: But everyone would bomb at Jake's, right? I mean, I mean not everybody, but it was like Jake's is one of those rooms where it's like it was going to be hot for a while, and then it was going to die. It's gonna cool off, yeah. It's going to cool off real hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would see you have good sets. I was confused when you stopped doing stand up. I was like, I wonder why he's not. I wonder why he quit.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, mm. I mean, there were a lot of, uh, there were some more, there were some practical reasons, and then there were maybe some, like, spiritual, like, mental health type reasons, too. Well, yeah,
1: that's a big one, I guess. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But, like, I I guess I feel like most comics don't have the capacity to, like, be like, all right, I'm going to work on myself for a while. Yeah. Instead
0: of just, like, continuing
1: to sabotage their spiritual and mental health.
0: Well, I guess that's the beauty of, I don't know, I I hated my job so much. Yeah. It was just... Even though the company itself, actually, now that I'm not there anymore, I look back on it fondly, and I look back yeah. on the people super fondly, but, like, when you're just in that same position for, like, three years, yeah. and you don't feel any progress, you're just like, uh, oh, it's, it's yeah. just brutal, and that I, was just like, I yeah. have to, like, so that was the practical reason. At first, I was, like, I just need to, like, get a, a little bit better, like, kind of career... Th- at least day job thing going, and then, like, at the same time, I was like, man, like, stand-up really has been, like, fucking with my head, like, majorly.
1: Oh, it's a huge... I mean, it's... In a lot of ways, it's, like, high school. Yeah. Like, stand-up's super weird because I think stand-up's made me, like, so much more confident in my regular life. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't a confident person at all. Oh, me too. Like, yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really talk to babes or anything that well. Like, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, yeah. like... I was just, like... I mean, I if I knew people, like, I was myself around them, but if I didn't know people, like, I was just... I I was, yeah, super, like, crazy social anxiety. Same here, yeah, But then stand-up, like, changed that a lot, because, like, once you start doing well on stage, like, it sort of just carries over. Like, you feel better, you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't have, like, a lot of those same, like, social problems at all. Like, that's pretty much all gone. But then, on the other hand, stand-up is, like, it's, like, high school, where it's, like there's a whole new set of things to feel insecure about, you know? Right, right. So, like, my normal life, I feel like it's fine. But then stand-up is, like, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Like, you never know. <clears throat> I mean, the whole thing – I was talking to somebody today. I was like, I'm going to go do a podcast. And I start laughing. <laughs> and it's like – you know this whole thing is a joke, right? It's, like, it's, so yeah. funny that everyone chooses to do this, that we're all, like, doing comedy and podcasts. Yeah, and, man. like, all this stuff that I like, that I, like, personally like, listen to, I, I enjoy it, but it's, like yeah. – This is like a hilarious thing to do. It's like, there's, I feel like there's almost no value in it whatsoever, (laughs) but there is. There is. Oh, I,
0: I just, yeah, I think there totally is. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead. I,
1: I I think there is too. And obviously I do because, like, I'm wasting my entire life on it. (laughs) But it is, like, a hilarious waste of a life. Like, I could have done anything. You know what I mean? We could be doing anything, but we're like, nah, let's, let's, like, do this. Let's just talk about ourselves constantly.
0: Right. And,
1: uh, you know, to also try and make a career out of it. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah,
0: the career aspect of it—that was specifically what was like sucking a lot of the joy out of it for me. Because I hate. Oh yeah. I I really hate like I guess it's necessary and there's there's politics whatever and every yeah. single place there are human beings. Yeah. But it's just, like the whole like feeling of hierarchy and like status type shit and like that kind of yeah. thing going on. It's just it was such a turn-off for like the original reasons I got into it for.
1: Yeah. But, but you um, know you don't have to like play that game like people get really wrapped up in that. Uh, yeah, I think some a lot of comics spend more effort on that side than on the performing and like writing jokes. and oh, all I think that so side. too. It's like yeah. a big thing. I, like, yeah. I used to like not even go to parties or anything like that. Like um, my first few years, like I wouldn't, I didn't really hang out that much. Yeah, like, me either. In, yeah, yeah, I just would like go do comedy or whatever it is. I don't like that. I mean. Especially when you first start, you see, I think you st- see it so fast, like the politics part of it, when it's just something I had no idea even existed. But then it's like in your face and you're like, holy shit. You're yeah. Like, oh, like the same people are on every show. It's like so right. clicky and it's, a—it's. <laughs> right. I guess like that bothered me in the beginning. But then at a certain point, like, first of all, I don't think I'm ever going to like make a living doing comedy probably. Yeah. Like I keep my, I mean, I probably will, maybe I will, but like my expectations are so low as far as, and besides doing anything as far, I just want to get good at up you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. that I can bartend forever, you know, right. I can like make a living doing whatever, but I just want to like get good at this. And I think if you just focus on that, like all that politics stuff just kind of goes away because it doesn't matter.
0: Well, yeah, no. And I think, um, one thing that, uh, you know, a couple things helped me. I, something I'd always heard was like, I want to say it was Patrice who talked about it, like Mm -hmm. focus on your territory versus your hierarchy. Like, and that's kind of going back to like your personal life. Mm -hmm. You know, I can talk about things confidently that I know I've lived or like, I know I've experienced. Yeah. And, you know, just worrying about like trying to connect with other people who have maybe experienced some similar shit, Mm -hmm. um, through that way. Yeah. That's kind of what this podcast is about to me. Like, I don't, I've had a lot of, I've done like six or seven of these now and, uh, it's, to me it's like so like just the process of doing it is enriching mm-hmm. enough that like i really don't care if it gets popular i want it to i yeah. want to do good and i want to like make each podcast good and i'm going to put effort into the intros and all that stuff yeah. but like i don't know man like this is like what i'm passionate about right now yeah. so it's well
1: that's uh, i mean that's what cool. i mean i've been doing that podcast with steve for uh Respect the Danger and Knives, you guys want to check it out. I don't know if there's any cutters listening to this, but uh, (laughs) I mean, we've been doing it for like five years, you know, and it's like a decent amount of people listen to it, and like it is. people will like come up to me and tell me that they've listened to it. It's mostly like comics or whatever tell me that, but it's like, that is like strange to me, but the whole thing is like just sitting down with someone for an hour and like talking to them in a way that you can't do at comedy stuff. Yeah. Like you can't like get someone's whole story or like really ask someone a serious question at a, at, a like, hanging out at a party or at a comedy show.
0: For sure, There's yeah.
1: nothing beyond just, like, sort of s- small talk or, like, you know, having fun or making jokes or whatever, but, yeah, you don't... I mean, no one... You can't ask someone, like, any kind of personal question. Right. So I feel like podcasts are great for that. Like, every every time I do one, like, by the end of that, I'm like, oh, I know this person pretty well, and now I feel... Like, you feel like you're friends with that person. like Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's cool. I mean, and then there are people... That, like I don't even I don't listen to music anymore. I like listen to podcasts yeah. and audiobooks pretty much. That's
0: most of me too, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And like I don't I occasionally listen to music, but it's I mean I, I think podcasts are great, but I always like talk radio. Like I would listen to shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I just like listening to people talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean most of my time is podcasting, but I've never fully given up fish at the dead. Well yeah, you can't. can't. Yeah. Yeah. That's now, my...
1: Wait, Fish doesn't play shows anymore. They, no, they do. They do. Oh, they're, they still they, are.
0: They've, they were off for five years. Yeah. But
1: man, that must have been a there? long five years for you. Just a lonely five.
0: <laughs> well, dude, I uh, I got into them like right after their breakup. I had never, didn't oh, know they existed yeah. until they had already broken up. But it was like right at the beginning of it. Yeah, so, yeah it was a five years thinking I would never see them. <laughs> But, like, I was obsessed with yeah. them when they came back, and, yeah, I've probably seen them, like, 20 times since then. Yeah. They just killed it at the uh, the forum, bro. Should've, oh, really? Should have gone. When <laughs> did they play at the forum? Back in uh, July, I want to say, late July. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, you... Are you a sober guy right now? What is, what is yeah,
0: you think? I'm... In fact, that oh. was the last... So, previous to that mm. concert... Yeah. I had maybe smoked weed a handful of times the previous year. Yeah. of the drink. I haven't, uh, haven't smoked weed since that concert. No yeah, though. yeah. It just, like... So I, I have and I'll still drink here and there, but uh-huh. I really it's very sparingly yeah. uh, right now. Um, nothing against either one of them, obviously. For anybody who does them, it's just for mm-hmm. me. It's like a, it's like just getting my energy right, getting my mindset right, like staying productive yeah. and all that type of stuff. Um,
1: yeah, but but you, but you did smoke at that concert. I did. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. <laughs> have you gone to a fish concert sober?
0: Yeah, actually, with my sister back in uh, Maryland. <laughs> How, how um, terrible is it? It has to be terrible, right? Now, it was a terrible <laughs> concert, but that was also like one of the worst concerts they've ever played uh, since they came Why back. were they sober too? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that, well, supposedly Trey's been sober for. Oh, so he, he got in some legal trouble, right? Right, yeah. But he's been, you know, it's crazy because you see a picture of him. hmm. I mean, now he's like totally, he's like killing it. He's like mm-hmm. practicing. He, like, You can see the joy in his eyes and the life in yeah, his eyes. Yeah. But then, like, you go back to like 2004 when he was at mm-hmm. the height of his like uh, opi- or, uh, opiate addiction. Yeah. And it's just like a zombie. Yeah. And that's the shit where I'm like, man, like, I'm glad, I'm yeah. thankful I never got into that that stuff.
1: Well, but. that shit's crazy. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. You know, um, I mostly stick to just like drinking and weed, uh, yeah. for the most part, and occasionally dabble in some psychedelics or whatever. But, uh, yeah, pills are something I never got into. I remember in college, like, some homeless guy was living with us for a little bit, uh, this, this kind of idiot named Ken. And, uh, his mom would, like lived pretty close by, and she was a nurse. And he went, he would steal like, uh, Vicodins and like Percocets, and he would just give them to us because he didn't have any money for rent. Oh, man. And, uh, I remember, like maybe it was like two weeks where just like drinking forties and eating uh, Vicodin, and It's like this sucks. It's so sad. It's uh, even if you're with other people, you're all just like a zombie, just like sitting, just like, yeah, just listening to music. Like, like those days are just. It's just like the day is gone once yeah. you get into that shit. So I, I'm glad I don't get into that. But I, I don't know. I. It's interesting to me when people do like give up getting fucked up. I mean, I just like partying. Partying is, like, super fun. It's, like... <laughs> sure, yeah. I love partying. I mean, that's all I was doing, pretty much, before I started comedy. Yeah. And then, so, like... I probably party less now than I'm doing comedy, but I still party a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, like, sort of constructive, because you're out doing shows or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I often think, like, oh, I bet, like, life would be completely different for me if I like just cut all this stuff out. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, But then it's also, like, eh, but i pretty I'm I enjoy this quite a bit so yeah I uh, yeah maybe taking them like I was I think like, oh I might not just take like a month off and then after like all day it's like why the fuck am I not getting high right now this is like so <laughs> dumb I'm watching a tv show sober I'm not enjoying it for yeah. me
0: I was just I had I've gone through uh fits and starts of getting mm-hmm. sober yeah like, over the for like the past three years but you years. were never like an out
1: of control guy were you
0: um, uh, in my own mind in I your kind of mind. was. Yeah. Probably externally I didn't seem that cr- I definitely was not crazier yeah. in terms of like how much I did or whatever.
1: I mean, I know I can't even really remember ever seeing you drunk.
0: Oh well. Well, maybe a couple
1: w- times. But were you drunk on the stage?
0: I would often be buzz on stage. I guess yeah, probably but... drunk in retrospect, but uh-huh. like at the time it didn't feel like I was drunk. Yeah. I was just like highly tolerant to it. Okay. Um Yeah, no, there was a there was a period where I would like I would take like a shot, like mm-hmm. I had like I mean, this is bad, man. I yeah. had like, I had like liquor in the trunk of my car, and I would just like take a shot, like after, oh, yeah. like after I parked. But still, I mean, it's before just... you
1: walking and do a, to right. do a show or a mic or something like yeah, that, yeah, because
0: I save money from having to buy a drink. Oh, <laughs> for, okay, I whatever. get it. Yeah, but it wasn't
1: for the courage then, or it, like, was. it no, was, it totally yeah. was,
0: and it became a crutch. That was one, That was why I originally mm-hmm. quit drinking in the first yeah. place because I was like, you felt dis- like you needed it to go on. Stage? Yeah, I was kind of like disgusted yeah. at myself for that, uh-huh. and then, um, and then but then we kind of replaced it and like of yeah. the Annie and that, and then I quit weed for a while, and then the booze came back into it, and back and forth, and then until finally, I remember actually, it was, it was like Thanksgiving two or three, I guess it's probably three years mm-hmm. ago, or was it two years ago, maybe two years ago, where uh, you invited me over, and I think I had just started my surprise Oh weed. yeah, we had the like, weed turkey? Yeah, it was yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> everybody was like fucked up at that. Shout but, out to
1: the Martin Zupras, they, uh, oh, yeah. they always make the, the weed turkey, yeah. yeah.
0: It was, a. Uh, I I mean, I still had a good time at that Thanksgiving. Probably yeah. Not nearly as good a time as everybody else, but, uh...
1: Yeah, everyone was pretty fucking baked. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's... You know, I've only... I'm high on stage every time. Pretty. I've i been doing comedy for five years, and I bet you there's maybe ten times I haven't been high on stage yeah. in that five years.
0: And it's, it's weird because mm. I... Every now and then... Mm. I'll just be like, I think Scott's high, <laughs> but like it's well, not, yeah. it's not, I guess maybe because you're just so tolerant to it or whatever by I now. mean, I
1: was smoking every day, multiple times a day before I started doing comedy. Yeah. So it was just like my personality.
0: Does that not drain your energy? Cause for me, I would just be like totally sapped like, no. constantly.
1: You got to smoke sativa, bro. Yeah. You got to smoke the so. uppers. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. also the trick is I'm a big fan of telling people this, like you always smoke either on the go or like once you get somewhere, like never do it at your house because mm-hmm. then you're going to stay at your house, you know. So you got to you got to yeah. be like mobile. Uh yeah, and, and then you're fine. Yeah, it's just um but yeah, I it's weird when I I noticed cuz I did a set sober the other day. Uh and like I talk like twice as fast. Like it was it was like listening to something at like double speed like on a <laughs> podcast. Cuz I normally would have like I have a structured like 10-minute set and I was like finished with it, and it was like six minutes in, and I was doing fine, like, it, was yeah. loud. it wasn't like it was bombing, but it was like, I'm doing, I'm like, what, now what do I do? I got, like four <laughs> minutes to, like, figure something else. But, like, I just talk way slower yeah. when, I'm, when I'm high. Interesting. But most people don't know that I'm, like, high. No. Well, except that I do it blatantly in front of everyone, or, right, like, right. or well, I, I'm a big fan of telling people how I am. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, I don't feel like... It's weird. I don't feel like I have to get high before I go on stage. Odds, it's just odds are I'm already I'm going to be. Yeah. But when I first started comedy, I would need to, like, smoke or get or drink yeah. for sure. And now, like, just by odds are I'm usually, like, I'll probably have a couple beers before I'm on stage, but that's just because I'm in a bar hanging out, and if I'm in a bar, like, I'm going to drink. Yeah. But I try not to get, like, too drunk, because after, like, maybe five or six beers, like, I could still do a set and probably do fine, but I'm gonna be slurring like a little bit yeah. and it's gonna get a little weird. Like I'm gonna discover something in one of my jokes that I like that I didn't realize and then I'll just yeah. start talking about that instead or whatever. Like I did a real drunk show last night actually, which I feel like a little bad about. <laughs> like I did fine, yeah. but it was a midnight show it used to be on Halloween, recording this the day after Halloween, and uh I was like, Oh man, you gotta keep chill, because like, there might be a crowd I was I, I couldn't tell if there was going to be a crowd there. It's yeah. midnight on Halloween. It's right. a Saturday. So it felt like there wasn't going to be anyone there. But I'm like, you can't get, like, fucked up before this, you know. But was, I went to a party, and it, I realized there were, like, five hours, I probably had ten drinks. And then I, like, got there to do the show. And then I went up, and, like, I was uh, definitely, like, um, drunk, you know. Doing fine, but, like, riffing too much or, like... It wasn't even, like, it wasn't working, but it was just, like, I'm just sort of, like, rambling. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up running the light by, like, five minutes, which (laughs) I've never done before. Like, I've maybe run the light by, like, two minutes or one minute. And it's just because, like, they let you as you were starting this three-minute joke or whatever. Right. But, like, I didn't see the light at first. and. Then, like, the guy was waving it, like, crazy from the sound booth. And I had just started, like, a six-minute story. And then I was like, whoops. So then I was, like, turned that into, like, a three-and-a-half-minute story. But it was still, like, I ended up going over by five. And I f- I felt, like, terrible about it. Yeah. Like, I was, like, messaging the booker, like, oh, I'm so, super sorry that like, we've never done that or whatever. Like, I'm pretty hammered, obviously. I mentioned it on stage a few times. I just <laughs> didn't see the light.
0: Yeah. And they were
1: totally cool. They were like, oh, it doesn't matter at all. But yeah. for me, that was, like, a thing where, like, oh, like, if I wasn't drunk like that, that wouldn't have happened, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah for me, that's that type of stuff, I think it would it just ate at me too mm-hmm. much, or I would just, I think I have more uh, guilt, maybe, than you, like, in terms of, like, I. Not, yeah. it's not a good or bad thing at all. I mean, for me, I feel like it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Just, like, I would just beat myself up so hard after stuff like that. Um, I did,
1: like, immediately after getting off, like, f- until, like, I got off, and I was like, fuck and then i felt super bad and then i got a lift and went uh and took some drugs and then i stopped feeling pretty bad at, like yeah. and then today i was, I was like ah like didn't no one cared it's fine
0: yeah yeah see i feel like uh it's like uh, this all is i've always i guess thought of you as a as a hedonist but like with a I, I feel like you sort of have a philosophy behind it in a way like because i know you grew up christian mm-hmm. yeah pentecostal but, right yeah well that and that's and that's in terms of uh I mean, you, was it full snakes, full speaking in tongues? Well,
1: there wasn't actually snakes, <laughs> but I do like to call myself, like, a ex-snake charmer. Like, I, <laughs> I like referring it to, like, as that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's sort of, like, the way I describe it on stage, I guess, is that it's, like, that church from the Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. you know, where they're, like, singing and dancing, like, the southern, like, church. Everyone's going crazy. <clears throat> so there's, like, all white people, and, like, it's kind of, like, a sinister vibe to it. <laughs> and it was, like, in fucking New Jersey. But, um... It was intense. It was like my entire life, you know. Yeah. my My whole life was wrapped up in that until I was like seventeen. Yeah. And you, uh, and you moved out here.
0: You yeah. A Christian college, but I you, went to
1: Christian school. Yeah.
0: But you weren't. You said when you were seventeen. Did, did that mean you kind of stopped? Um.
1: When I was like seventeen, like, uh, my youth pastor left the church because we, they couldn't afford. My, my church was like horribly financially mismanaged their money, and um, so they they couldn't afford to pay him and he had six kids. So he's like, well, I got to like, get out of here, you know? Uh, so he ended up going to Alaska and taking a job as like a head pastor there. Mm. And then uh, oddly enough, like, uh, when Sarah Palin was running for vice president, there was like a short, very short news cycle about her having a crazy pastor in Alaska. And they no, had, it's same him, guy. Same guy. Wow. And it, it, they had like, you know how churches always like churches were so ahead of the AV game. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like even back in the nineties, we were like, we had a three camera shoot taping like every sermon and then you could buy the tape right after. Yeah. So they had like one of those tapes they were playing on CNN and he was talking about, uh, <laughs> how in the end times, like after the rapture and then we're going through the, Man, I'm, start, I'm starting to like forget stuff about the Bible. I haven't read it in so long. Mm-hmm. But I, was it the Tribulation? That seven-year period or whatever after? For who? After the rapture.
0: See, we did, Presbyterians didn't go much into the rapture. Oh,
1: dude, that's all we talked about. Like, End Times and all that. was the, like, that was every sermon was that's about so the end times. That's
0: so fun. I, I didn't realize yeah. that was a, a thing of Pentecostals. We, oh, it's doom pretty and gloom. We totally dude. ignore that aspect of it.
1: That's, yeah, that is, that's crazy. Cause, well, it is, like, the most insane part of the book. It's basically. Because it's John's dream, right? Or, yeah. Or is it John? Used, I thought it was P- Peter. Peter. No, it is John. John the Revelator. That's right. That's it, yeah. <laughs> but, uh,. He, well, anyway, I, once the rapture happens uh, and uh, everyone goes up, uh, there's, like, seven years, I think, after that of, like, basically, like, hell on earth, you know? Yeah. Like, basically, like, World War Three kind of thing or, yeah. like, just endless war and, like, famine and all that shit. Yeah. And so this pastor was saying my – ex, my ex-youth pastor was saying that in the end times – Alaska was going to be a refuge state. I remember that's the quote. He just kept saying like everyone was going to flock to Alaska, and that was going to be like God's safe space, <sighs> because you can still get into heaven. I think after you get after the rapture, like some people will start believing in God after that or something, and it's like not automatic. There's like a way to work yourself into heaven, I, I believe. Oh, man. Like after that, but uh,
0: yeah, this makes me wish I would watched those uh, Left like, Behind. Yeah, Left Behind. I would never have seen those. Are I they re- are they accurate or the Pentecostals are like ah that's hack.
1: I remember loving those books. Like they started coming out when I was like in early high school or something like that. And mm-hmm. I read like the first four or five and then I stopped believing in God and, and then so like, I never <laughs> yeah, I never, well I never know how it ended because I uh, <laughs> but you know they just so they made that with Kirk Cameron, but mm-hmm. then they just remade it again with Nicolas Cage. Oh really? Yeah. It, it came out like uh over the summer or something. But it was like it was like garbage. But I mean, I didn't see it, but it was panned, obviously. But uh yeah, they just made it again. I don't know why they made That's it so again. That's so interesting. Yeah.
0: So for like a bit, majority of your childhood, you felt like everybody else is kind of going to hell.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I always, dude, I always had like doubts about it, mm-hmm. about like religion and stuff. Yeah, but it was because, like, if I had went to like a regular church, you know, or like just your typical like, like every everyone in my Christian school, because I went to like Christian high school, middle school, elementary school. Yeah. That was, like, a non-denominational Christian school, so everyone was, like, pretty chill religious-wise, you know? Everyone believed it or whatever, but, yeah. like, they weren't, like, insane like we were, because yeah. we were, like, aggressive about it. Yeah. So, I would go to, like, friends' churches sometimes, and like, wow, that was, like, a 45-minute sermon, because ours was, like, three-hour services, That's you know? That's nuts. Three man. hours, like, it's an hour of praise and worship, an hour sermon, then an hour of, like, like... uh laying hands on people and like healing and all that kind of shit at the end. You How know? much
0: of a, uh, of this, the pastor's sermon is he just like, he just writes like riff for 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you know? I guess yeah. crowd, does he do crowd work
1: sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the Christian version of crowd work, like, yeah. uh, or, or like being like kind of being, or like the pastor will know a story about somebody in the crowd or something that happened to somebody in, in that week. And they'll be like, eh, and Joe over here. And you know what I mean? Like they'll like reference that, I guess maybe that's the crowd work part. But like, I, so they were super into the gifts of the spirit, you know, the, mm-hmm. all the Pentecostal stuff, which is like speaking in tongues is like the big one. It's like you're, it's your, it's supposed to be your own private prayer language with God. Yeah. But then there's also something where like people are prophesying in tongues. So, mm. so someone this would happen all the time and it got to the point where it's like you guys are just like showing off or something but in the middle of like the sermon someone would just stand up and then start like going for like wow. 5 minutes like in tongues and then someone else stands up and interprets it
0: wow
1: and then i remember it got to the point where they had like this one woman like was doing it like every week like standing up and then like pastor had to be like hey i don't think like he basically had to be like you can't do it anymore <laughs> and he's right. like he's like god is and then, but they always had these rationales like god is telling me that You just can't interrupt or something. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. So like that stuff would always bother me, and then I also like, I I didn't want to speak in tongues. And then the same youth pastor, he took he came in when I was like thirteen, maybe. So it was like a four year, like super intense from like thirteen to seventeen. I joined the band the youth group band, I joined the drama team and we went on these missions trips which were like, we would go to parks where there were like homeless people and we'd be like, yeah. oh, we're going to feed you guys give you clothes. Yeah. But first, why don't you watch an hour of some fucking privileged white kids <laughs> doing interpretive <laughs> dramas to like Carmen songs and stuff like that. And then an altar call and then finally it's like, oh yeah, here's your shoes and your fucking sandwich. You know, Man. it was like, it was so obnoxious but that, um, and at the time I like enjoyed All I had no friends except for like that these people, they were in this youth group or whatever, so it yeah. was like totally encompassing my life. I was at church like three nights a week plus Sundays. Like, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was just it was everything. I mean, the only other, th- the only thing that you could do that would get you out of church is like sports. If you played <laughs> on like a basketball team and you had a game, you could like miss youth group or something like that. Yeah, that was like the only thing that superseded it. And then when I got a part time job, I was like allowed to skip stuff because my parents were like all about me working. Um, but yeah, when the pastor took over, he pretty like. The one we had had before, I can't even really remember who it was, but it was it was just your typical, like, hey, these are kids, let's, like, talk about the Bible and sing some songs, watch a movie or whatever. Uh, but this guy was like, oh, no, hell no, it's, like, revival every night. Like, they were super into revivals, you know?
0: Yeah. Like,
1: there was a famous one in, like, Toronto that went on for, like, ten years.
0: What is... I mean, I'm... Uh, Thinking about it, I'm surprised I don't know, I guess, having been in Christianity my whole life, what Mm. exactly is meant by a revival? Like, what is that supposed to be? Well, it's like this
1: this thing in Toronto was like...
0: I mean, I know it's like a big event, but... Well, it
1: just didn't stop. It was like church every night for like 10 years. Wow. And then people just... And it's like... uh they were doing tons of healing and stuff like that people were yeah. like claiming they get healed and stuff
0: but like the the concept behind it is it's supposed to be like bringing back Jesus it's or, is just it just like, pure or it's just like it's like, just like oh like rewinding. the holy
1: spirit has descended here and it's basically, like, a party. Like, a God party. Yeah. And, and we're, then, like,
0: trying to, like, <clears throat> revive the spirit of Christianity yeah. Yeah. Back in this culture. Yeah,
1: there's a whole... Yeah. yeah, they always speak in, like, weird shit like that. Where it's like, oh, we're getting, like, the spirit back over this land. It's always, like, the land. Or, <laughs> or some kind of shit. They don't care about the sea, ever. But they're always <laughs> talking the about land. the fucking land. Yeah. Uh, so, like... Uh, the
0: sea is the international waters for... Uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so basically it was just, like, a non... It was, like these tent meetings kind of, that's what it was like when it first started. Like Azusa, I went to APU, Azusa Pacific University, go Cougars. Uh, (laughs) There, that was like a huge revival in like the early 1900s. I remember because it was like the Azusa street revival. It's like kind of famous and like born again, assembly, like a God shit or Pentecostal stuff. Yeah. But then when I went to that church or that school, they had shut all that down. It was like, it was just now we're just Just like, like we're just like a Christian college. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not doing any of that shit here. But yeah, so I was, like, maybe 13, my youth pastor came in, and then we were in youth group on a Wednesday night, and uh, he basically was like, all right, like, tonight, like, everyone's going to start speaking in tongues. And I was, like, super uncomfortable. Wow. And I was like, and I had heard this shit, like, growing up my whole life or whatever, but I was, no one had ever, the kids were, like, but generally before this guy got there, the kids were kind of, like, left alone. You weren't, like, um, indoctrinated too much into, like, the, the prophesying and all that kind of stuff. You didn't have to, they didn't like expect the kids to like do that stuff, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, you were just allowed to kind of be a kid, watch and watching adults <laughs> act like fucking maniacs for 3 hours. Sure, yeah. But when this guy came in, he was like, "No, like, like you guys are it's your time now." It's time like to it's step ta- it up. yeah, it's time for you guys to get serious." So, he was like the band riff for like an hour and then like they always love doing like these praying for everybody while the band is still playing. Like you know?
0: the band's like vamping on like a chord or something. Yeah, that, like, they're just yeah. sort of
1: like, yeah, there's a guy with an acoustic guitar, it's like just a little strumming. The the guy on, on drums has got like the jazz drum thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's just like very dun, 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 Yeah, it's, dun, dun, it's just dun, like exactly The Guitarist
0: is like, keep going, keep yeah, going, keep going. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. And they so they they have that so it like sets the mood. And then um and then he they were going like and he lays your their hand on your head and then like fills you with the spirit. So he's like, Dang. he prays in like his language or something for God, for the Holy Spirit to come into you. And then you're supposed to just start talking. Yeah. And then the, like, he got to me and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I've, wow, de- I just felt, un- I was like, this stuff seems so crazy to me. You know, yeah. like yeah. even though I've grown up in this, like for me to have to do this, this is like a crazy thing. And
0: you were a believer when you said, I that. was still
1: like, I definitely still believe in God and everything at the time. But I was yeah. just like, this is like too intense. Cause it's basically like, when it starts getting cooking in a in a thing like that, where yeah. there's like a ton of people and everyone's like doing this, you feel like you're at like you feel like you're on drugs. It feels wow. very similar. It's like
0: altered <clears throat> consciousness.
1: It alters your consciousness uh, big time. Wow. It, it like it's like a different version of like the Molly I took last night. You know what I mean? <laughs> where it's very intense too, and it's like all it's like so much around you. Yeah. And that part I still like can't really figure out what that is, except maybe. So many humans, like, on the same wavelength, like, really focused. That's, like, some weird telekinesis shit or something where people are all focused on the same thing. And you can feel, like, this energy from that. Yeah. It's very strange. But, uh, yeah, I told him I didn't want to. And he was basically, like, no, like, God told me, like, he, he just, like, wouldn't let me not do it. Wow. So then I just started, like, faking it, you know? I just started saying... Some, I could probably do it, and I would never like. Yeah. I, it makes me really uncomfortable. Like sometimes me and uh, Steve, Steve Hernandez, the guy who run the podcast with, uh, for the listeners, but he, uh, we, we, I like, we'll dare each other to do it or whatever because he can do it too, <laughs> and it's just like I can't. It feels like
0: so phony. Yeah, I mean, I've
1: talked yeah. shit about religion like a ton, on a ton of on stage, on po on everywhere, just in life. But like that feels like. It would feel like blasphemy to me, wow. which is something I maybe probably yeah. don't even believe in. But like, yeah. it feels like crossing this weird ass line to yeah. like m- say in a mocking way.
0: It's so interesting. Do you feel like that was like <clears throat> the beginning of the end?
1: No, it was like that was the beginning of like, oh, this is getting crazy. Like, so I did just start faking it, and then you you start doing it, you and then after good at faking, yeah, it, and then after a while, you sort of forget that you're faking it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you just start like yeah, this is, like, something I do. And then, like, we, we had a couple intense, like, these trips where, like, we went to Florida, some, like, Christian camp in Florida, and uh, we were doing drama there for, like, a week, like, performing for a week. And it's all, we were, like, early teenagers, and these kids were, like, 8 to 10 or whatever. And then we were, like, praying for them to get, like, the Holy Spirit and shit. Like, it, old
0: Jesus it. camp style. Yeah, it, it, yeah,
1: that movie fucked me up when I saw it, because I, I had already stopped believing everything, and I was yeah. like, man, this is, like, what I grew up in, Dang. you know. Um, yeah, it was very, very Jesus camp style and just very weird. I remember like on that trip, there was one night where, so we were in the auditorium but it was all empty. It was like after the show yeah. or, or the service. It's very much like it's entertainment sh- to yeah, me. Like, yeah. w- and, uh, we got like, we were just like fucking around. It was like six or seven of the kids. And then, uh, like some of the parents that what, had come along to chaperone and the we, everyone just started laughing and like kind of acting crazy. And they said it was, um, holy laughter. That's like another thing where you just have like, uncontrollable laughter. And we we're like, so for like an hour, we're, like rolling around like this auditorium in Florida. Yeah. Just like laughing. It does sound like tripping. It, yeah. And to me, like while it was happening, I was like, this isn't real. Like, I don't know why, but we're just like, laugh this, uh, this, I remember that like really bothering me. Cause I'm um. like, I'm like, I'm doing this, but I feel like I'm, like, forcing myself to do this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it really it really felt strange to me. But I would, like, like I said, I had no other social circle. So, I mean, and I didn't even really have friends at, at the Christian school I went to because uh, it was in Pennsylvania, and I lived in New Jersey. And we would commute there every day. But, like, on the weekend, like my parents aren't driving to Pennsylvania again to like go hang out with some some kids or whatever and yeah. there was like hardly anybody else who lived in New Jersey so I just like had no friends except for this church thing so I kept at it like uh, and still believing in God until that pastor left and then the youth group just like fell apart like right away wow because like they couldn't pay anyone else to come in they kept trying to get these uh, kids who were at the Bible college that was a two hour drive away they would come and like do our youth group, group yeah. yeah they would drive two four hours round trip to like do the service or whatever, probably for college credit. But then it's like, Oh, like they're not going to stick around. Like you can't pay these people. People need to, you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, they're not going to come do this for free. So then I just got a job at Izod, started selling some polos (laughs) and I got that job Sunday morning. So I had to be there at like noon and our church would often not end till noon. So I would like start going to church, but I would leave like an hour into it to like go to work, yeah, and then eventually I just kind of stopped going and then uh I made friends that summer, and this was the summer like before I went to uh to college I made friends with these kids that, like, at the high school I should have gone to, this pu- beautiful public high school, yeah. it was, a f- like, a top ten, it's, like, one of the top ten, like, schools in the country or whatever, It was just regular public school. They had a TV station run by the students. They had a radio station Jesus. run by the students. They had all this stuff I wanted to get into, and eventually, like, now getting into, like, later in life, you know? But it was, like, I remember writing my my, my mom, like, a pros and cons list of, like, why it would be better for me to go to this school, and, like, begging to, like, the point of tears to go to the school, and she wouldn't let me. <clears throat> but, uh... So that summer before college, one of my friends from youth group, like me and him, still stayed friends. And he got into like, I guess, bat- he started backsliding. I guess that's what you would call yeah. it. You know what I mean? Where yeah. he was like smoking cigs and stuff like this. And he had this group of friends. And I just started hanging out with them. And they were super cool. And then uh, this one guy, Mike, gave me uh, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> and uh, the- pretty much as soon as I read that book, I was like, oh, like... like what they're writing, what he writes about in that is, like, stuff I've been thinking but, like, didn't know you could, like, talk about.
0: I, I've never read it. I think I have a <clears throat> copy, but I haven't read it. Like, what about – Well, it? he
1: does – he has a lot of stuff about how – in that book about God. But, but – because, like, that book is, like, um, about, like, the Dresden, like, bombing and everything. And so it's, like, a very fucked up, like, anti-war book. But there's
0: like some time travel in it too or something. Yeah, yeah, there's but that's
1: like in a lot of his books. But <laughs> yeah. uh there was like and I can't even remember specifically what it says about God in it, but there was like stuff where it was just like written from this like doubted doubting perspective of of God and I was like, "Oh shit, like I that makes like a lot of sense to me. And it's like a lot of stuff I've secretly felt, but couldn't talk about. Because you can't like talk to your parents about this stuff because my mom like believes it so much that I was like, I was going to like hurt her oh, yeah. if I like stopped believing in oh, this, yeah. you know? So I hung out like for the whole summer with that group of kids. And they weren't even like party kids. Like we didn't get drunk or anything. Like we just like sit around playing cards or whatever, but they were like super funny people. One of them's now a stand up in Nashville actually. But, uh, they were like really funny and just smart. And, uh, they would always make fun of me. They would be like, uh, My nickname was was the Ox. Uh, <laughs> the Ox? I, yeah, I was like clumsy. I would like trip over shit and they would call me like the Clumsy I, Ox. I
0: don't think of Ox as that clumsy.
1: I guess me neither. I don't really know how it worked, but it was like a funny name. Were like, you just
0: like jacked up? Like were you just super well, built back then? No, <laughs> I was still a
1: husky, like fucking short guy. And uh, <laughs> we were at the boardwalk one time at the Jersey Shore and I was like walking and talking and then. I tripped over a barstool. Like, I just ran into it and, like, fell over. Someone started calling me the clumsy ox, uh, and it just stuck. But then they wouldn't make fun of me for being a crit. They would call me Christian ox. Mm-hmm. They were like, ah, Christian ox doesn't feel like... Because I would, like... They would make fun of God or something like that, and I would maybe try and defend it for a second. And then they're like, ah, I got Christian ox. And I was like, oh, like... Uh, I just immediately was like, oh, they're right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I immediately was like... I understood oh, why they thought, like, what I believed was so funny. Like, it made complete... What yeah. they were making fun of me about, I was, like, agreeing with.
0: Did did you, ever, uh, did you ever listen to those Focus on the Family tapes? Like, those stories? Do you know what I'm talking Adventures about? Like, Adventures in Odyssey? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, wit- wit- I've
1: been to... Uh, in Colorado Springs, the focus on the family thing, they have yeah. uh, they have an, um, the imagination station. They have, really? like, a wit's end. No, like, oh, yeah, my God. I, ha- that thing, I feel yeah. like that's
0: a pilgrimage I have to make. It's, Dude, I mean, I went I when I was a kid, but, tics. yeah, me too. I was yeah. obsessed with them. Yeah. Like, put me to sleep so many mm-hmm. nights. Anyway, it sounds yeah. like the story... Uh, <laughs> Like this, like Mm -hmm. this persecution of uh, you as a Christian sounds like something that would be like right out of like oh for sure yeah. Yeah. But in those
1: stories, the person would overcome right. And me, I was like ah these guys, but they're kind of right. Yeah, they're right. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I'm like hanging out with them, reading that book. I started reading a lot of Vonnegut. I started reading uh, uh, Ken Kesey, and I started reading Mm -hmm. Who One one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and stuff like that.
0: Oh, I I know Ken Kesey. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, and
1: I started reading like Hunter S. Thompson. I got real obsessed with him for a while and like all those writers are just like from the point of view of, of religion not being real. Kind of, you know?
0: Yeah. I want not I don't know. I haven't read uh Hunter S Thompson. Obviously I'm familiar. Yeah. Who he is. I, he's somebody I think of as like sort of both of them really are kind of like, maybe this is why like it makes sense with, with you for me, at least it's like they're kind of hedonistic or they're just like, it's like, yeah. this. uh
1: well, Hunter S. Thompson for sure. There,
0: yeah. he's more—I would even say—nihilistic. He definitely way. is. Yeah, yeah like, I don't think Kizzy that way.
1: No, Kizzy has like hope. Right, where Hunter S. Thompson was like, "We're all doomed." Right. And <laughs> right, he was like a guy who like getting fucked up and was like, "We're all doomed." But Kizzy like. I did get into partying because of books, yeah, for sure. As I read, there's a book by Tom Wolfe called "The Electrocholate Acid Test," right, right, and yeah. it's all about Ken Kesey, right, right, and uh, with them doing acid and like doing these shows in San Francisco and L.A. Where, oh, yeah,
0: where
1: they would just pass it out. It wasn't illegal yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, as yeah, I'm a big
1: yeah. You've read that, head. yeah? Well,
0: yeah, and I've, the, mm-hmm. because it's so it was interesting to me. I I haven't read Kesey's stuff, yeah. but I I know him through My Grateful Dead.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were intertwined. Because they were intertwined, yeah. yeah. They actually went on, uh, I think they, well, yeah, the they they were, played that those acid tests. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. then I think they would play in the bus, too, when they were driving. They had that bus. Yeah, they,
0: Cassidy, Neil Cassidy would yeah. drive them. He was well, that was cool about
1: that. That book is, like, was so important to me. Because I was also into, like, uh, Kerouac and all that stuff. Like, the the generation before. All the beats. Like, everything yeah. from the 60s. And yeah. then it all, like, connected. And, like... As soon as I read that book, I was like, oh, I'm trying mushrooms and I'm trying acid. I'm trying, like, I'm going to try all this stuff.
0: You know what's crazy is that I never thought of this before because I don't usually think of speaking in tongues. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, there is a sort of way. It almost seems like like Kerouac or, like, Beat Poets are sort of almost a more authentic version of speaking in tongues. Like, it's kind of more of a Mm -hmm. channeling. Like, they use drugs to sort of, like, shut down the more the conscious like overthinking part of your brain mm-hmm. that's happened, and the dead were the same way at, yeah at their best. So, like they were just it's like channeling the music. Yeah. Um and in a sense I guess to them I think there was a transcendental aspect of yeah. that. Um
1: I think those guys were super spiritual, just yeah. in their own their own way. You For know? sure, yeah. Uh and I think drugs are like an amazing way of channeling those things. I mean like mushrooms like I I I guess the last time I did it was like at a comedy festival, so I I didn't get this experience usually. But I usually like doing it with like only a couple people, and they will wander off alone, and like you just figure everything out about your life like in about four hours. Totally. I mean, it's
0: a cliche, but it's it's one of the those things where I think it's kind of a cliche for a reason. If you do it properly, I know it was positively life changing for me the couple of times I've done mushrooms. uh, Yeah, it
1: really is. I mean, they did. There's some study, like John Hopkins that. It said that like you can feel like the spiritual and mental like effects like positive effects of mushrooms like for up to a year after doing them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that, those that was a drugs were another big part of getting out of religion, and not just because it's like oh I'm doing drugs, fuck God. But it was like when I went to APU that Christian college, I immediately met other kids, immediately met this group of people who kind of also had huge doubts, but whose parents were like oh why do you go to this Christian college or whatever, and we spent like years. Just kind of like, you'd just be like drinking with your friends, talking about God. We would talk about God all the time. Yeah. For like the first couple of years, and then everyone <laughs> sort of was like, I don't even care about this anymore. Yeah. But it was like every night having these long-ass conversations. Like, well, what? like this doesn't make sense. Like, none of this shit makes sense. But then you have this guilt that never, like, it's probably now gone, but, I mean, this, we're talking, this is like 15, 13, 15 years later. But I would say until my late twenties, and I stopped believing in my late teens. I would I felt guilty about, or like, concerned that maybe I was I. There's like this doubt, like oh maybe you maybe you're not right. Maybe like you need to go back to that. You know. Yeah. But then like, I don't know. The more you read, and the more you start like, seeing how everyone it doesn't like. Like I'm only a Christian because I was born in the United, you know, like where I was born. I could be born anywhere else and think that this this other fucking thing is like the only way, and like, it all doesn't make any sense to me. Like it just, the whole structure of religion is just. I mean, it's just like, once you step away from it, you're like, oh, that was like a little crazy, you know. There's definitely like positive things to learn from like being raised that way, but I mean, in my case, like I just had such an extreme like you know, church and such. It was like too, I think it was too big a part of my life. Like, yeah. Well, and it's, yeah.
0: I mean, as somebody who grew up, it was, you know, my dad being a pastor. Yeah. So much, it was most of my non-school life was somehow church related. Whether yeah. It was like the friends I hung out with, but we were on, we we're definitely the liberal side. Like, yeah. The Presbyterian church I grew up in was like, God is love. And mm-hmm. hardly talk, hardly read from the book of revelations, much less talk about the rapture. Yeah. I mean, if the all the adults in the church would have been like, eh, that's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's in the Bible, but it's kind of crazy with kind of yeah. the attitude of it. I And so for me, I I still ended up having that those same feelings of like, in college, when I, I started studying religion, I was like, oh, I've just to believe this stuff by default. Like, I, this yeah. specific paradigm doesn't... Like, I don't know, it felt intellectually dishonest to keep believing in that. But mm-hmm. then, um, I, I yeah, I, at least I didn't have the specific... I don't know, maybe such such a strong, from what it sounds like, conservative, like, mm-hmm. and judgmental church that you went. It, it sounds yeah. like they're judgmental. I um, mean,
1: I guess it was, but it wasn't, it didn't, I don't know. It, it wasn't like they were, like, shaming people, you know, you know what I mean? It right. wasn't like, Scarlet Letter kind of stuff, like that, but it was just like, it was like, this is the only way that you can live, and like, if people aren't living like this, like, they're going to go to hell and it's your job to like yeah. try and save them. So That's like I bad. would always, every shirt I had was like a fucking Christian shirt. It was like right. obnoxious. Like, well, I like ha-
0: those big dog shirt, but except for Jesus, yeah. like the, the altered slogans. But these were like,
1: these were like, if I saw someone wearing this, I'd be like, look at this asshole. It, Cause I had one that was like the Energizer bunny. Right. And it was, he was <laughs> in hell and it says hell just keeps on burning and burning. <laughs> and it's like, he's literally like, Chunks of him are falling off of him. He's like on fire, and then another one wear that
0: unironically. Oh yeah, I just wear it to
1: like the mall. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like constantly. And my somehow my parents didn't think there was anything wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like uh, I had another one that was like it was like a sort of like Satan. It was just like a picture of like a the face of Satan, and it said like eternity smoking or non smoking. Wow. And I mean, like I had a million of
0: these. That's that's crazy. And see, that's the thing I think that's maybe. Mm -hmm. That specific, that type of stuff, I think maybe would contribute to guilt. Because I, yeah. I, I would be more, I was still, and still kind of am, like, was more bummed out and mm-hmm. sad. I don't really have, and haven't had any kind of guilt or, like, fear of, yeah. like, punishment or fear. I mean, even, not even, like, necessarily a fear that I was wrong, other than, like, oh, I like, maybe I would have been happier. Yeah. Like, but, like, not any kind of, like, existential, like, oh, did I choose the hell I path? think I'd be
1: a lot happier. Uh <laughs> If I was still back in, because it's like it's almost like it's like this is like hack, but it's like that Matrix where you take the pill. Like if I didn't know in my mind, and again I could be wrong about everything, but if I didn't like believe now, so if I hadn't like just thought about it so much and be like I don't like none of this shit makes any sense to me, yeah, like then I could still just be living happy, you know, like people I like I know like people I'm friends with like a few people on Facebook from my Christian high school and they all seem like they're having a blast. So happy, right? Yeah. Families, yeah. they live like houses, yeah. Houses, 10 minutes away from the house that grew up in. Mm-hmm. They're all, everyone's doing fine. Everyone's like living clean, you know, no one's worried. Like, I'm sure they're worried about stuff, but it's like at the end of the day, you're going to heaven and this life is, is temporary. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm scared of death for sure. Like I, I don't, Know what's going to happen at the end. When you're a Christian, you know what's going to happen. You're like kicking on those streets of gold, you know. Sure, yeah. Do you remember that song? uh, It's like. creed song big big thinking. big house with lots of lots of oh, r- I, here, though, oh yeah where we can play we had, football uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, did you do all the act to that? of course yeah but we did yeah. things in the like the church camps i uh, we went to in middle school and high school yeah we'd there'd be yeah you call them energizers did you uh, call them that too no no
1: i don't remember what we called them but yeah i know what you're talking about and yeah, yeah. we would these icebreakers i think yeah, yeah
0: there'd be all these secular songs that was more one of the more christian specific yeah like, explicitly christian ones but yeah, yeah. there'd be all these Hand motions. Yeah, that yeah. We could play football. Touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Big, big, big. yeah, it's yeah. My Father's house. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Who was that? Who sang? I that? don't know. But yeah, I used to sing that and believe it. And now I'm like, I was flying last week, and like we hit so much turbulence, and I had also eaten like five wheat espresso beans before I got on the flight, <laughs> and I woke up to like the plane like shaking like crazy, yeah. and I was like, oh man, like I don't want to die right now. I don't yeah. know what the fuck's gonna happen. Yeah. Like I kind of prayed actually. Yeah. That's the first time I had prayed in a long time. It wasn't really, like, I don't, do you pray?
0: I pray now, yeah, but I don't, not to uh, God the Father or anything yeah. like that. But You just uh, sort
1: of pray to something?
0: This is kind of what my, I remember, I can't remember the exact, mo- I, I, over the past couple of years I would pray sporadically in those kind of mm-hmm. moments of, like, desperation. Um, the, do you know, have you ever heard of the author Anne Lamott? No. She's a really cool Christian mm-hmm. kind of hippie type author, but like. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But she, uh, she has this book on prayer. She has a lot of, she's a great author, but like yeah. one of her small books is called Help, Thanks, Wow. And she says like, this is as simple as prayer usually is and all it needs to be. It's like, it's either one of three forms, like help, like yeah. you're in a moment of despair. Thank you. Like listening to what you're grateful for. And wow, like oh, life is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is an amazing world we live in. Yeah. And so when I do pray, I just kind of, you know, I vary. I don't like have a set specific thing. I each time it's like based on how I feel in that day. Like maybe I'm feeling more like I need more help, or I need. Mm-hmm. I'm like super thankful. or I'm like, man, this is like life's great.
1: It's but like, you'll actually like in a way like you'll be like, I'm gonna pray now. Like you'll like set it. It's sort of yeah. like a meditation or something. This has been the thing for mm-hmm. me the
0: past like probably three, four, yeah. five months or so. Um, yeah, it's and. She, you know, she has, like, a name. She calls her God Phil, I think, uh-huh. after, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Philippians or whatever. Like, there's something. But, like, I uh, there's this message board I went on when uh-huh. I was a kid uh, that was named after a Douglas Adams book called Life, the Universe, and Everything. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I decided to name my God is Lou.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's like, great. Yeah. But, like,
0: still he's not. I just still mm-hmm. don't think of it as a dude. But I'm, like, I'm praying to the universe. Like, I'm yeah. asking for help from just in a very mm-hmm. broad Sense, yeah, you know? I
1: guess I do that. I sort of just talk out loud to myself sometimes. Yeah. And like, not like I'm praying to myself, but I'm just being like, here's, like, here is what I'm thinking, or here's, like, what I'm, like, scared about, or here's what I'm, like, want out of, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess that's, like, the closest I would have to praying. Because I, I almost forget, like, what praying was like. But yeah, I forget, like, the purpose of it. You would pray to, like, yeah. be thankful for stuff, or you would also pray for, like, god's help with stuff
0: it helps man like and it's one of those things i started doing it um i guess it still is it's it's at least like 10 to 20 percent this still Mm -hmm. where it was like somebody i was just reading something and it's like practically speaking it seems to work for people i just remember realizing like well for whatever reason prayer work maybe it's just like focusing your thoughts and your energy on Mm -hmm. positivity or like Centering, like, your focus for the day or, like, just being thankful for stuff helps. So, I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to start doing it without knowing why, mm-hmm. without needing some, like... Without believing I'm really communicating yeah. to a person or whatever. It, like, yeah. And you just start doing it and it's just... Uh, I don't know. It's therapeutic, if anything. else. It's just yeah. in a car or whatever. You know?
1: Yeah. See, so that's, like... There are, like, disciplines from religion that, like, are beneficial. It's just... Because yeah. it's, like, a different... I mean you could probably get the same kind of stuff out of meditating or doing yoga. Yeah. You know what I mean? But oh, uh, I definitely think so, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting though you you were saying that you had you wouldn't feel the fear of not um being a Christian anymore with the, like hell and stuff I guess other people just didn't get hell shoved down their throats as much but I, I, uh,
0: yeah it seems like you're yeah. either, if you're a conservative Christian mm-hmm. you, you kind of did um
1: yeah that wasn't my first reaction though to like I can actually tell you the moment that I stopped being a Christian like the exact moment and it was like I was sad more than anything but i had uh this was like the freshman year of college and my brother was a youth pastor and uh Simi Valley, which is like an hour from Covina where I was going to school. And uh, his man, I feel like my youth group like kind of ruined his life actually. Cause wow. we went, we took a trip when he was a pastor in Michigan and we were like came in like speaking in tongues. And it was a very conservative church. And he basically like he like started speaking in tongues with us and stuff and then had to like leave that church and like get another job wow. at a like more like Pentecostal church or whatever. So he moves out here. His church was having having a revival like a week long thing, and some special speaker was like coming in from out of town and he was like laying hands on everybody they were doing the whole thing and like I had a crush on this girl. It's very weird it was my brother's first wife's younger sister,
0: okay. so
1: like my sister in law's sister right yeah, yeah, moved in with them, and then I had just moved to California, and I liked her a lot, so I was like going out there to hang out and like go to youth group and stuff, you mm-hmm. know like I was not really necessarily. feeling. I was on the fence, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, but then when they had a revival meeting, and, like, so I stood up, like, went up for it, and, uh, like, I, I had been having major doubts about Christianity and stuff. So I went up, and they, like, lay your hands on you, and people, like, fall down. You've yeah. seen that, right? People, like, fall over. Yeah, yeah. It's being called slain in the spirit. <laughs> slain <laughs> in or amazing. slain by. Yeah, slain by the spirit. That's That'd yeah, great. Um, and as I'm walking up there, I'm like, I really need to like feel something that lets me know that this is like real. Still, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I walk up there, and the guy is like praying, uh, and he's like, he's like this fucking fat guy. And He's like sweating like crazy, and he's just shaking my head. He's got like, he's like violently like laying hands like praying for me because i'm not reacting i'm not falling down nothing's happening and he was like god's trying to talk to you man or something like that but i was like "Ah, like you're just shaking me (laughs) you know and then i left that night and i was like man i don't i didn't feel fucking anything and i started driving home it's like an hour drive back to college and i am like talking to god the whole time and i'm like crying i'm like this is like fucking like I, i don't I used to, sw- I, I got to a point where I started swearing when I was crying by accident, or not, when I was praying, you know? I would just start mm. cursing, because I had started cursing in real life. Did you, ever, did you ever accidentally do that? In prayer? Yeah, I would be like, thinking I'm talking to God, I'd be like, I just don't know what the fuck to do, like that kind of, Dude, kinda, I yeah. do,
0: but I think it's actually the most mm-hmm. honest thing you can do in a yeah. Prayer, you know? If, I
1: think so, too. I don't yeah. think there's
0: anything bad at all about it, if I be- I yeah. bet you a
1: lot of Christians would disagree they with that. Would. They probably would, yeah.
0: but you know what, man? It's like, I, I kind mm-hmm. of agree with actually limiting cursing in real life now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I used to, I guess I can get me in the right mood. Yeah. i still swe- swear like a sailor, but like, you know, swearing to me is like just communicating your honest emotion. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you're talking to God, yeah. like... Evoke that shit, you know?
1: Yeah, so I felt like I was, like, being as honest as I could possibly be with God. Because sometimes I would try and, like, I would pray to God, but I would, like, try and hide, like, what I was right. really thinking from God. You know, like, you, like, <laughs> want to tell him. You'd, like, lie to him or whatever. Right. You'd be like, yeah, everything's going pretty good, big guy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I was fucking, like, weeping, like, fucking, like, I need something from you or I'm, like, walking away from this because this is, like, it's just, just like, fucking with like my mental stability like this it's like it was like it's worse than like any breakup you know what i mean it's like
0: honestly it sounds kind of like remind me of like leaving stand-up a little bit
1: yeah i i that would be if i quit stand-up i think it would, i would have had the same range of emotions probably but um yeah so like nothing happened i'm on like the 210 so like 20 minutes away from school and then i like just start feeling sick, and I just pull over, and I get out, and I, like, throw up on the side of the road, and again, I'm, like, completely sober, like, uh you know, wow. whatever, but I, it, like, wrecked me so much, like, emotionally, like, basically, like, that whole drive home was, like, breaking up with God, Damn. that I just, I had to throw up, like, in the middle of the drive, it was, like, so crazy, and then, like, I kind of didn't look back, you know, I would have, like, the philosophical discussions, and, like, right. kind of, like, trying to more just like pinpoint exactly what was like completely wrong about religion. Yeah. But like, that was the moment where it's like, that was like the breakup moment, you know?
0: Yeah. That's where, I don't know. It's, I, you know, I, I want to say though, that like, it's a, it is a good thing. I think even I, I w- I would think even from a more Christian perspective, I don't know, maybe, I guess lots of Christians would be bummed out by that story for sure. But like, to me, we have all these like, like one i i remember hearing from some some guys somewhere so i'm stealing this idea but uh-huh. like the idea that like thinking of god as a patriarchal god like a father like yeah. that is sort of the height of idolatry like you're sort of like <clears throat> idolizing these symbolic things of god like yeah. those like that imagery is meant to be like i think in my in my view of christianity how i interpret it now you know, some people would say it's wishy-washy, but, like, using all that stuff as metaphor. and mm-hmm. but, like, to symbolize, like, it's just trying to, like, point you in the direction of kind of yeah. what God's like. But, like, even, like, for me, it was super helpful to just lose a lot of that shit. Yeah. Like, to lose completely these kind of, to me, what felt like false paradigms.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, you know? I really believe that, like, God, like as, like, God, as your father, as, like, your actual dad or whatever, right, you know? Yeah. And, like, uh, like I, that's the relationship I really identified with. And then it's, like, that's not what it is. Yeah. And so when that was gone, like, when I realized that wasn't what it is, like, my I couldn't conceive at that time of God as anything else besides this specific image that I had been, you know, raised to to understand. And, like, once that wasn't there, I, like, I just walked away completely from it. And I got sad, and then I got angry. I, like, uh didn't – I kind of shut my relationship down with my parents for a few yeah. years after that.
0: Yeah, me too, yeah. Because
1: I was like, how the fuck did you raise me in that? You know, like
0: – Yeah, there's a lot of – for me, there was, there was a lot of feelings of, like – it's a, mm-hmm. It feels like a big betrayal of some kind of trust. Yeah, because
1: yeah. I, I trusted you to tell, tell me the, the truth, truth yeah. and you didn't. And you still, like like – aren't you know you still and i can't even talk to you about this because i'm gonna hurt you
0: right
1: i i mean i don't i i I guess at some point i must have told my mom like uh that I wasn't a christian anymore it was like one of these things where like i'd meet them for vacation and uh she'd be like it's like late at night and you're like walking through the kitchen and then she like like why you tell me how your walk with god is going it's like oh man i don't want to have this conversation with you because all it is is going to be me hurting you yeah. for however long we talk about it. Yeah. So I would, like, kind of lie about it or, like, avoid it. But in doing so, and I was living in California, and they lived in New Jersey, I just, like, kind of stopped calling. I stopped, like, checking in. and stopped <laughs> because, like, I couldn't talk to them without feeling, like, enraged.
0: Yeah. I would feel really guilty. Those That's what I felt guilty about mm-hmm. is, like... Yeah, I would. I definitely lost a lot of touch with my parents over that. I did tell them I yeah. didn't believe in God before I moved to LA. Yeah, and that was. Uh, you, yeah, you, as you might as you imagined, it's a, not a fun conversation. It isn't.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. The cool thing is though, I mean, it it does. Suck. I I really damaged my relationship with them at that time. Like in a very like I just gave it up basically. I just gave up family <laughs> at that point uh, because. It, it was too different. I mean, it was just too difficult, and I couldn't pretend, you know. Yeah. And then I, I was like partying and stuff, and I was like, oh, they're going to think like this is all just because of this, you know. And this was like hiding that lifestyle from them and stuff. But mm-hmm. eventually, like I, 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 I can't remember specifically when it happened, but I must have came clean with them, uh, and I had probably told my dad first, and then my mom, like later because my dad i i mean i guess he believes in it but it's like come on dude like he was always like sleeping during church and stuff like that you know what i mean like sure yeah yeah so with her it was real rough but i guess what is cool is eventually like they just get over it yeah you know and so i just went home to see them and it was like fine you know we only it's only like two arguments uh, because my sister was there too and everyone drinks now for some reason my parents started drinking as they retired and like uh we got in a gun control argument oh, and a right. police brutality argument, but like I just shut them down real quick. Like back in the day, I would just like fight them to the end about stuff like that, you know? Right, yeah. And then it's like, well, these people are in their fucking mid sixties, and it's just like not worth it. it's just not worth it, yeah. and it's not worth souring like this experience with them.
0: Nobody's mind is getting changed. No one's
1: mind is going to get changed, and all I'm going to do is like ruin this day yeah and i see these people once a year yeah for like a week you know maybe twice a year but it's like i mean why it's like i would never talk to my religion either at this point it's like why why yeah why let's just enjoy like the parts of our lives that we can share with each other and can enjoy you know like my mom i'm sure would love like me going to church and stuff but like When I I had moved back to New Jersey for a couple years after college, and when I was living there, I was living pretty close to my parents, like twenty minutes away. Yeah. And she was trying to get me to go to church with her and stuff, and then she was trying to set me up with a pastor's daughter, who was like smoking hot. (laughs) They always are. She was like gorgeous. Like a girl, like an LA, like I I don't like the number system, you know, but I mean like she could have lived out here and done fine. Yeah. But I was like, she was like a but there's, like, this is like a girl I never could talk to. Like, I don't like I don't right. talk to women like that. It's just, like, no point. Or whatever. It's just, like, I don't feel secure enough talking to babes well, like your that. your
0: values are going to be just so different. Yeah,
1: and then also, like, yeah, she's, like, a wild born again. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, like, my mom was so desperately trying to get me back into
0: it. And then I was just,
1: like, ah, this ain't going to happen.
0: Well, yeah. Man, I tell you, because I... All well, this still makes me think. I still think, like, this... I don't know if you feel this way about... About stand up, or about how you do stand up, but like you know, I because you're very—I've always appreciated how honest and open you are on stage about everything, and how to me that's authentic and kind of like I we were saying earlier. That's like when people taking drugs and like kind of expressing themselves as maybe a their version of speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not—you don't speak in tongues or like make noises or whatever yeah. on stage. Like you're telling stories, but like to me, um, I don't know if you ever heard of the concept of like a of a bodhisattva in Buddhism. Uh-uh. So, like, a Bodhisattva in Buddhism is somebody who, like, could have, who's, like, who chooses not to be enlightened so that he can, like, stay, like, with everybody else and, like, huh. sort of, like, uh, I don't know, experience the same shit yeah. they're experiencing. And then that's how I feel, like, stand up and especially yours because you're very, you know, you talk about, <laughs> I don't don't take this the wrong way. You uh-huh. talk about your, like, self-destruction yeah, yeah. a lot. But uh, I think it's a it's a therapeutic to listen to as as a mm-hmm. fellow uh, self destroyer. Yeah, at times, and um, so that's where I, I do think there is some you know whether you don't I mean you don't believe in the traditional god anymore. Mm-hmm. That's to me I still feel like there's a there's a spiritual aspect of uh, of that in you. I don't
1: Possibly, know. yeah. I mean, like I, I'm definitely not like a super hardcore atheist anymore. For a while it was, and if someone told me they were Christian, I would just like tell I would like. Mock them to their face, or be like, "Yeah, you're a fucking idiot," and like yeah. try and talk them out of their religion or whatever. And I don't feel that way at all anymore, like because that was like a bitterness or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. And now it's like there's for sure some kind of like spiritual. Fo- I there's no way that there isn't something else, you know yeah. what I mean? Like some kind force. of guy. I have no fucking clue what it is. No <laughs> yeah. one has any idea. No one's ever gonna know. I guess until we die, and even then, maybe not. I mean, who knows? Maybe not. But, I
0: think I personally think it's gonna be kind of lights out when we die. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. It probably is. That's actually probably the, for the best. If it was, you know what I mean.
0: I mean, I don't. That bums a lot of people mm-hmm. out. It doesn't bum me out to think of it that way. I. It sounds maybe corny or cliche, but I, I've, I guess I've just come to. Because I feel like it, I don't know. For me personally, that's it. Seems like the most likely thing, and I just it does make me sort of value the preciousness yeah. of life and the each moment. You know, because it could end tomorrow. For, yeah. For you know for anybody. Yeah. anybody really. Um. So yeah and it's like there's this old uh mm. I think I don't know I, I think I've said this before but it's like there's this old Mark Twain I'm pretty sure he actually did say this one uh-huh. and then, like all the other quotes misattributed to him yeah. but like he's like I don't remember what it was like before I was born so why would I be scared Yeah exactly. Dying, you
1: know? Yeah that's very true actually. Yeah. And yeah, he's great. He's got they the, he really read that, <laughs> just the just had a, a biker Yeah by. yeah. Hell yeah. You read that letters letters from Earth book he wrote? No. It was like um It was like this angel writing to to satan basically
0: or right, not the c.s lewis screw tape letters are you talking about no you? no
1: this is like it was called like letters from earth i believe okay and so he's writing like satan t- reporting on his time like on earth and saying how that like basically mankind has made their own hell for themselves you yeah. know? it's like oh they're like they like believe in some stupid god, or like, in in this thing. There's like no god. There's only like Lucifer or whatever, oh, okay, yeah. and he isn't like the typical devil character, or whatever.
0: Sure, yeah. They're like,
1: oh, they've made this place called Hell uh, on Earth, basically. Yeah. And like they're they're slaves to like this construct in their mind of like this uh, this like all knowing, like yeah, yeah, like over overbearing or overseer or what, what is it? Overbearing, some figure that you're f- afraid of, basically. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing it's like very funny and like dry, but it's basically like. Yeah, you can, like, put yourself in a prison, almost, like, by fearing... Because I was, like, afraid of God, I think, for sure. Like, when I believed in... I was, like, afraid of hell and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So that's, like, a terrible way to, like, to live life or whatever. Or, like, yeah, to get yeah. through life. But yeah. as far as, like, I don't know, spirit being... I don't have... I consider, like, comedy is, like, my religion right now. Yeah. Like, I care about it more, like, pretty much more than anything. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily, like, my own stand-up. But I just mean, like... Like the idea of comedy to me is like such a it like completely changed my life, and it's such like a positive thing. I
0: I feel like. Do you, is it because of the honesty, the kind of?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like you can talk. Like I'm talking freely. I mean, like I never did before, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like, it's basically like I joined a new church. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it, it is kind of, I was like, you see the same people yeah. all the yeah. time. It's like the, it's, it's very similar to going to church, It is. Yeah. except like, you know, you're laughing the whole time and, uh, you know, everyone's like getting hammered too. I like sometimes occasionally or whatever, but it's like, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, it's that same social like fellowship kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, like, I just feel like pretty much, you know, obviously there's bad shows or whatever. But, like, I feel like good vibes, like, from being around it all the time. Like, in a way that, yeah, that I guess I hadn't really felt since, like, I used to believe in God or whatever. And, yeah. like, we'd go to church, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know if I have, like, if I have any sort of philosophy or spiritual about the way I tell jokes. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I just, um, there's something about, like, connect. you can, like... I do do a lot of stories, and like I, people like connect to them, and they like, I think people like either empathize or like they like, it reminds them of something that they did or whatever, and it's like I don't know, I you know my my youth pastor told me I was gonna be a prophet when I got old, like yeah, he man. prophesied on me that I was gonna grow up to be like he's like you're gonna be like uh, like uh, this prophet, and I I just think it's funny that he's like, right <laughs> in a way, <laughs> but it's like it's it's like he saw it a little bit wrong, Sure, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. but. That's yeah. uh, that's cool. Yeah, I you know typically the the format I've been doing on this podcast is like we try to design our own religion, but uh-huh. I feel like I mean you said it stand up sort of is your religion, it is
1: you know? yeah I mean basically yeah
0: and I think I think what would make it I don't know the, the only thing that maybe was me it's so hard to like tell because I was so young and like mm-hmm. I still you can tell maybe there's still some aspects I'm still getting over yeah. in terms of my personal experience with it but I also realize I was a contributor to at least 50% if not more of like any kind of negative experience yeah I had with it um and for a while but for a good while though I mean I loved it and I did feel like I was part of a community I yeah. just, it, I don't like the the competitive nature I guess theoretically mm-hmm. could make you better that's what it's supposed to do it's yeah. supposed to challenge you but I didn't like that feeling that people didn't have my back to some degree. But I don't know, maybe sure. that's, maybe that's unfair. It yeah. Might be
1: unfair. A lot of that stuff though, uh, with comics, it's, like it's, in it's, it's all head. in your head. It's all, it's all your in your fucking head. head. I remember yeah. thinking that there were certain people that hated me. Like uh I felt like these there was like a group of comics that did not like me. Yeah. And uh then you find out like that they,
0: just, no, they, they don't
1: they don't even think about it, you know right, what I mean? It's totally like not it's not it's all in my head and i let myself operate for years like under the assumption yeah. that like this whole like everyone hated me and uh that's probably what i'm still yeah. doing mm-hmm. honestly
0: right now it's like that yeah. it's the downside for me of stand up is the narcissism it can lead to oh yeah
1: big time and you yeah. see i mean you see that in people like people that can't stop talking about like um like kind of industry stuff all the time or right. like yeah. they always like want to talk about like what they're doing in comedy like that is just, like, that's, like, it's, 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 if someone can't stop talking about, like, where they were just performing and all this kind of shit, it's, like, oh, like, there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? Like, you need, you, like, need to prove to everybody that you're doing all this stuff or whatever. Right, right. There's, like, a, there's, like, a lot of that, but there's a lot of people that are just chill and, uh, they just like doing comedy. And one,
0: know? one thing I've always loved about stand-up specifically, even more than, like, improv or other comedy communities mm-hmm. is stand-up is all... Somebody's always going to be calling bullshit on yeah. some aspect yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime when there's too much sentimentality at play. Yeah. There were you can count mm-hmm. on somebody calling yeah. it out and I to me that was kind of like I don't know how familiar you are with like really like old school like Zen, like the the origins of Zen. Mm-hmm.
1: Not
0: it's not like feel good kind of frou-frou stuff that we think of yeah. as Zen Buddhism now, but it's it was like Zen masters basically calling out the bullshit of everything yeah of like yeah anybody trying to do be too spiritual mm-hmm. like his end master would tell me i'm full of shit right now like, yeah
1: yeah yeah to-
0: he 100 i
1: love that i love that shit that's like one of my favorite um things about steve fernandez oh, yeah he calls yeah. people out so much almost too almost too much <laughs> but like True. it is so funny and it's so like and people never really get too mad because it's like yeah I mean, he just told you. He just told you the truth.
0: Well, yeah, and yeah, the truth and that yeah. is so liberating, and it's so like refreshing to hear yeah. somebody in a in a world where so many of us we all fall into. It. It's yeah. like a so any kind of social mm-hmm. following any kind of social rules requires some level of lying. It feels yeah, like. yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's so refreshing when you yeah. hear it, even if it's like painful, kind of yeah. And you know, I think when it works versus when it doesn't work is when. And that, this is with, like, Steve, too. It's, like, mm. when there's love behind it. Yeah. You can call people out on almost anything. You can tease them about almost anything if you really love for that sure. person. Yeah, yeah. But if you're, if like... you're not just trying to be cruel. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's hard to police yourself on that, I think, but... Um, yeah.
1: I do love talking shit, though. I mean, like... <laughs> that's one of the things I love about that Belly Room Room is because it's so, like, low stakes for me. It's yeah. not, you know, like... I don't... Like, I, I'm just so comfortable there. I, I, like, it doesn't yeah. matter. But I will, like, trash people when they get off stage sometimes, like, on their sets or whatever. And it's, like, if you can do it in a non, like, not a super mean way, yeah. but, like, with some edge to it, like everyone loves it everyone like i mean even the person who gets off stage like yeah 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 okay. yeah it's like my one of my favorite aspects about comedy is uh yeah. the host commenting after uh after someone gets off stage and has done something like stupid up there
0: yeah well it's like that feeling of when it's when a roasting is done mm-hmm. right it yeah it's like a feeling of like being seen by everybody like you feel yeah. like you really do exist yeah even definitely. if they're calling out like your flaws and your. The things that you're kind of full of shit about but you don't you don't realize you're full of shit about yeah. it until somebody calls you out definitely
1: yeah yeah and i think uh, especially during a show like it gives the audience like this relief that yeah. like someone just came back up and in like
0: oh it's so it's so yeah hilarious. that's what's so hilarious about yeah. it it's like the tension of that yeah yeah the common falsehood uh-huh. everybody sees yeah 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 it's popped
1: yeah i love <laughs> that know? see i wish there had been more of the shit like that in church like People like yeah. calling out like the pastors and all this kind of shit, you know. Like or like, yeah, there is so much fucking like judgment in churches and people like people always like give women shit if they get divorced in church and stuff like that. You know, actually, at my church, my mom, uh, she's like a um the church we grew up in. She, my mom was like an accountant and stuff. She's like a like really good at finances, and the church had gotten their finances so fucked up, and then uh, she got elected as an elder mm-hmm. in the church, mm-hmm. in charge of the money. And, like, probably, like, 15 families left the church wow. because a woman was in power. And it's, it like, and they were, like, a woman's not supposed to, be like, be up there. And it's, like, to me, like, I don't understand how women can be, how, like, my mom
0: could, I, stay, with could
1: that. stay with that. It's, yeah. like, oh, like, this is, like, some, this, the, the whole structure of this is, like, sexist. And, and yeah. like, so... She just looked past it though, but I was like, "How is that fucking? Up? There's no, there's nothing okay about this, you know?"
0: Dude, that, that is a whole bizarro, mm-hmm. like
1: that. That happens to, like a lot of churches. It oh, does, yeah.
0: but like for me, I grew mm-hmm. up my I've known I've known women pastors my entire life. Yeah, because in churches have had them for like 50 years. One was at my church I grew up in, and then the one we moved to. It's like I've never thought twice about like yeah, Of yeah. course they should too. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. I mean, it kind of is like that old, like, women aren't funny, women can't be yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, well, women can't be spiritual. I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah, it is. it's Are you crazy. crazy?
1: Yeah, they're, I mean, it's like, I don't want, it's like these dudes, they're like, I don't want a woman, like, in charge of my spiritual life, or, yeah. like, instructing me about my spiritual life. It's like, because they intrinsically think that they're above, because of the Bible, right. that a man is above a woman.
0: It's that literalist shit, man. Yeah. It's that old, it's that inability to reinterpret stuff that's... Mm-hmm. Gets in the way. Yeah,
1: I should read the fucking Bible again. Because now I think I could like just read some of the stories and be like, Oh yeah, like there's some good shit in here. Instead yeah. of being like, Well, this one thing is so fucking dumb that yeah. this whole book must be garbage.
0: That's what I'm saying, man. I think mm-hmm. in the long run I mean you may never step foot in another church again. Yeah. I am shocked I have for a yeah, yeah. couple times. Are you going to a church now or? I this is part of my project of this podcast and just Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of, I started doing it naturally, then that, then I started the podcast at the same time, but, like, I'm trying to attend as many different types of churches or services, yeah. like, tradi- like I want to go to Buddhist temples and, like, every kind of weird, like, offshoot, yeah. stuff like that. I have gone a couple times to uh, to a Quaker church in Pasadena with yeah. Devin Blake and... uh Quakers require like so little of you, which is kind of the beauty uh-huh. of there. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's honestly, it's like group meditation with people being able to randomly speak uh, in English. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not, it's not, enti- but in the same way where people can just stand up whenever, but it's, um, and it is, inc- it's like, it would be frowned upon if you stood up t- and talked too much. Yeah. Yeah. Could, like just cut that, cut that out. Um, but I've been going the gone a couple times now to this Episcopalian church because I, met the pastor while working out that a really cool guy um reverend ed bacon
1: how much can he bench
0: i don't even know (laughs) i don't don't think he even benches he's like he's he's above benching isn't okay but um regardless like i've I've enjoyed it but Mm -hmm. i still have it's my relationship with all of it is so different now yeah yeah um regardless what i was trying to say is like I think even if you never step foot in the church again, I think you are in my opinion, you're closer to God by like getting rid of that that kind of judgmental shit.
1: Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah.
0: And that I it's better to me that an atheist has an advantage of having no concept of God yeah. and maybe a closer sense of in touch with the reality. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. For shit.
1: for me, I don't know if this works for everybody. For me, I do feel closer to whatever is actually God. Yeah. Now that like this one thing is gone from my life you know right. like i because there's yeah i don't know the i mean life it, force yeah i mean insane. it's like the hackiest thing but like go hiking or something like yeah. that but i like going hiking by myself and like
0: same man when you're
1: out there you're just like yeah there's something like there's something to all this that you can't even it's almost like you can't even really understand what you're even thinking about it it's so like trapped and, up here i think you know yeah i
0: yeah, i and, man, I feel like that's what God is and maybe yeah. originally. And then it's, like, people are, like, trying to, ex- unfortunately, if mm-hmm. we have language, we're, like, trying to explain it to other people. And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, so that's the precise way. It's like, yeah, yeah. No, it's, just, it's just one fucking guy or two mm-hmm. guys or three yeah. guys just kind of agreed that, yeah. how to describe it. But
1: Or if you get, like, just go smoke a joint at the <laughs> beach and, like, I, and just, like, look at the ocean. It's, like, fucking crazy. I mean, like, shit like yeah. that, like, yeah. that that kind of stuff seems like God to me. That's but...
0: the experience it's the transcendental experience. I think yeah. that, um, uh, words and
1: cause I don't feel like sure, I, the peace I would feel like, like, like again, I'm smoking a joint while I'm hiking or whatever. Like if I'm, yeah. the peace I feel of being like being high out in nature like that. I never felt peace like that at church. There's like no, I don't think there's like a comparison to any.
0: It's definitely yeah. different. I, even though I don't smoke weed anymore, mm-hmm. I had a lot of great times like that. Yeah. Um, and I would use it spiritually in a lot of those types yeah. of ways. Um, to me, I just, the paranoia and maybe the guilt of, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of ruined those moments for me a little bit, um, but it's definitely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, I feel like maybe that's an ending point. Yeah, I
1: feel like it's perfect, yeah.
0: Dude, thanks for, I didn't know, I knew a little bit of your background, I didn't yeah. know this much, this was great. Dude, this was
1: super fun, man, I yeah. had a really
0: good time. Awesome. Yeah. Scott Lewis, go out to uh, Ch- Vien- yeah Chatterbox Comedy Night. I think we forgot that one. Earlier. Uh, yeah,
1: Chatterbox on Sunday is hottest show in Covina. It, uh, it's truly
0: the best. Sh- and it's great. I love it. It's my for, favorite thing. For my yeah. two cents, it's the best comedy show in LA. It's uh, it's
1: the favorite. It's my favorite thing about my life. Worth, I love it so much. Yeah. Worth the
0: hike out there. Yeah, Ever- Guarant- I I went out there a couple like a month ago. Yeah, wasn't wasn't on it but i'm like it's guaranteed a great comedy show
1: yeah it always, dude it really always is like that place is such a just like the people there are so great like yeah. the audience is so great and they they're smart and they love comedy and then like there's just this vibe there it's just like a special place it's so funny that it really it's just is. some shithole and Covina, <laughs> but it's like there's like this special vibe there and it's yeah it's i mean that shows five years now it's 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 got my favorite it. thing, yeah.
0: you got to make it out there. Check it out. They make it out to Echo Park for Invino Veritas. That's, uh, you know, that's mon, in, So, in Monday, Sunday's right?
1: Chatterbox in Covina. Monday's Invino Veritas. A, uh, uh, a a name, a comedy show with a weird-ass <laughs> name that I get a lot of shit for. And <laughs> wine uh, you trust, right? Yeah, or, and wine there is truth. Is oh. oh. Tess and I were drinking wine when we came up with the name. And we were like, ah, this is fine. Let's go smoke a ball outside.
0: Ah.
1: <laughs> but then, yeah, Thursdays, uh, Belly Room East in Echo Park. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to try comedy, you can uh, show up to that. We do some lottery spots there.
0: So. Sweet. Cool. And, uh, and respect the Danger of Nines. Yeah, yeah,
1: man, I got a lot of shit going on,
0: man. It's, Big time yeah. producer, it's crazy. Scott. Yeah, Lewis. yeah. Thanks so much. Man. All right, man. Dude, thank you. Well, that's the show, everybody. Thanks so much again to Scott Loris for coming out giving us a dark and deep episode. I really loved it. Find him on social media. Find him in Los Angeles if you live in Los Angeles. Uh, if you like this show, if you like the idea of it, get in on the ground floor of this shit. Tell me what you think. Tell me your ideas. Love to hear them. Joe at JoeQuint.net. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and all that stuff. You know what to do with social media. Subscribe, iTunes, and Stitcher. My love is real, not fade away. Ja Rule.
1: What's a Creative Podcast Network?